as I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. It is another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am executive editor Craig Galbraith. Joining me as always, the Blue Man Group, the Elvis, the Wayne Newton of Channel Partners, our business development director, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Oh, Craig, don't be cruel, man. I mean, come on. I'm the Elvis, the Blue Man Group. (laughs) It's a little bit much. I feel like you're taking a shot at me already, man. Uh, not a chance. Those are high compliments, my friend. Oh, well, well, I appreciate that, buddy. I'll tell you, you ask me how I'm doing, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm pumped up for the pre-show edition. How you doing, my man? Craig? Craig, you there, buddy? What? What? Wait. Am I in Vegas? Did I miss it? Um, no, Craig. Uh, we're recording the podcast before Vegas. You just introed me. I said pre-show edition. It was like 10 seconds ago, man. Though I do have a feeling why you're so tired. <sighs> oh, yeah, Kevin, sorry about that. You know I'm pumped up, too. It's just with all the late nights and early mornings prepping everything for the show, I fall asleep uh, just about any time I have a moment to sit still in a day. Oh, yeah. You know what? I hear you, my friend. Uh, Maybe we should let our audience know why we're especially excited and tired this time around. Excellent idea, Kevin. Hit us with some numbers. All right, Craig, here we go. You know I love my math. This edition, the 2019 edition of the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, is again going to be the largest, the yogest event that we have ever had. It'll be the Yogist Independent Channel event. Um, we're going to have over 6,000 total participants. Of those 6,000, you can expect, give or take, we're still accepting registrants, so I don't have a guaranteed number, but you know, 3,500 to 4,000 of them are going to be partner attendees. That's going to be the most ever. And let me hit you with this, buddy. We are closing in and we will get to at least 275 exhibitors and sponsors that are going to be showcasing their wares for these partner attendees. Even some of the vendor attendees. We have some vendors that we're going to talk to today that are going to help people with their channel programs. So hitting both sides of the aisle. And last but not least, buddy, I'm really proud of this one. Uh, you know, Our team's been working really hard, but on the business development side of things, we're at roughly 90 First-time exhibitors, first time at a Channel Partners event, period, Evolution, Conference, and Expo. 90, buddy. That's like Ferris Bueller. Nine times, only with a zero at the end. Um, (laughs) So that's a lot of new people at the show, a lot of new blood, a lot of new technology, and I'm just really excited for it, buddy. I know I went on for a bit there, but uh, hope that was worthwhile. All I can say is wowza. I actually stayed awake through that, so uh, it's pretty exciting. (laughs) That's a a great (laughs) That's a first. (laughs) <laughs> you know, well, thanks, man. There was another number uh, there I wanted to bring up. It was in your opening song choice. I believe the number was two. Yes. 
Seeing as you repackage the same metaphor before every event, I can probably assume you're referring to our supplier sponsors working with our partner attendees to improve the end user experience? Whoa! So you do listen to me sometimes, Craig. I do. That's exactly what my song choice was all about. Plus, it's also my go-to karaoke song, should the opportunity arrive in Vegas. Now, let me cut you off right there, buddy. Nobody wants to hear you sing or rap, anything like that. But I do have one more number for our audience. What is the number? The number of the day is three. As in, we have three game-changing guests and show participants that we'll be hearing from on this podcast. Three guests, Craig? I mean, we are holding nothing back on the pre-show edition, my man. Speaking of the event, I know we always ask this, but what are you looking most forward to this time around? You know, I I gotta tell you, I'm actually looking forward to an event that I won't even be able to attend. Do you know what I'm talking about? What? what, what? Yes. I'm talking about the Millennial Meetup. Now, I'm too old, but they have an incredible number of folks registered for that event. And I realize that some people register and don't wind up making it. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a big room packed full of 20 and 30-somethings really representing the future of the channel. So that's pretty exciting. Craig, that is really exciting. It's a bummer. I, I'm old and I'm getting left out of things because I'm so old now. Um, but uh, it's going to be a really exciting event. We've heard many analysts, including Jay McBain, talk about how millennials indeed are the future of the channel. They are, they're the present of the channel right now, too. So it's great that we have an event there. And I think our own James Anderson is going to be a big factor in that, right? He is. The Channel NX to Z group is running this thing. He co-founded that, of course. So, uh, yes, the Channel NX to Z uh, folks will be there introducing a lot of these young people to that group. So uh, that's another benefit out of this is the Channel NX to Z group is bound to grow as well. That's awesome, Craig. It's awesome. All about growing the networks and making it more of a channel community. And, you know, so really glad to see that. But I do want to say when you went through what the Millennial Meetup was, you didn't you didn't really have that pumped up voice. You know, it just wasn't wasn't all, you know, I mean, I'm pumped for it. And I think the audience digs what you're laying down. But as our frequent listeners have heard, I love the Expo Hall opening. But there is another moment at every show that really pumps me up. Oh, yeah. So let me show you how you explain to the audience what those moments are, Craig. Are we ready? Yeah, I guess. What do you got? So, Craig, I land on Monday in Las Vegas, and it is just work, 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 as Rihanna often says. But let me tell you, Tuesday, it opens up. We've got some great pre-conference activities, and we'll get into some of those later. I'm not going to lay them down right now, because what I'm talking about, after all that fun on Tuesday, is that moment when I wake up Wednesday morning, and it is officially day one of Channel Partners Conference and Expo. I have to get the suit on. Well, I guess I shower first, then get the suit on. And then I see everyone at registration when I check out the Expo Hall real quick. And and there's just a packed registration getting ready for what? Getting ready for the opening keynote, Craig. And as you head to that opening keynote, all of a sudden you see everybody walking around, talking to each other, hugging, shaking hands, people seeing people they've known for years, but for the first time in like six months. 
business is already being done over coffee so I walk past the restaurants and I walk up to the breakfast buffet and just everybody's so pumped up and they know AT&T is going to give a great presentation as the title sponsor at the opening keynote. They know our own team is going to kick things off right with their speeches as we open up the whole show. And then last but not least, Craig, I hit the breakfast buffet myself and I get to the bacon tray and chaos ensues. I should have known that would culminate in your visit to the Bacon Bar. <laughs> of course, and really it culminates going into the keynote room and seeing it packed and everybody's there having their breakfast, networking, getting ready to learn, do business, and just have a great time over the next few days. But, uh, you know, for me, it, it's all about the bacon. I'm all about that bacon, about that bacon. No <laughs> sausage. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad everyone knows where your priorities are now. Um, now that you've gone on for quite some time, why don't we uh, think about welcoming in some people that our audience really want to hear from. First, though, I should let our audience know that between each guest, we'll be bringing them some quick tips around what's new and having a successful, fun week at CP Expo. As always, Craig, I can't wait to hear all the intelligent things I'll have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But, you know, no one wants to hear from us, Craig, so... All right, Kevin, really excited to welcome in Richard Stevens. Richard is the Vice President of Business Development with Channel Assist. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you. Why don't you start off by giving us a few takeaways about Channel Assist for any folks in our audience who uh, might not know that much about your company and, and uh, what you do there as Vice President of Business Development. Thanks. Channel Assist increases a company's channel or indirect channel performance, principally by focusing on their channel sales reps. How we do that is we create and manage incentive learning, sales incentives, one-to-one -one communication, and gamification. In short, we kind of answer the question, why should a sales rep sell your product? We give them a reason to want to sell your product. Uh, my responsibilities include sales, marketing, and customer success at Channel Assist. Customer success is a little more involved in our company than it is in most companies in that it's our customer success people that actually manage our customers on a day-to-day -day basis, develop promotions for them, and create those promotions as well as execute on them. Great stuff, Richard. You know, in my role as BizDev here at Channel Partners, I come in contact with a lot of vendors and suppliers that are looking to grow their channel programs and increase partner engagement. It seems your Optimize 95 solution can help them do just that. Can you tell our audience where the name Optimize 95 came from and what the solution is all about? Kevin, are you familiar with the channel long tail? I am not. I, I feel like I should be. Okay. It sounds like the stories okay. Kevin well, tells us every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that kind of tale. However, the channel long tail is basically what every single channel program suffers from. Every company has partners that are performing well for them, hopefully, but they certainly have performers that are not performing well for them. So if you look at it on a graph where the y-axis is revenue and the x-axis is channel partners, and you would drew a line to show which partners were performing and which were not, it would basically look like a tail. It would start high and finish low. Now, every company suffers from this problem. And, you know, we like to throw around the idea of 80-20, but it's actually closer to 595. 5% of channel partners are generally creating 95% of the revenue for any one company. And that's kind of where we got the name Optimize 95. What we do 
is we work with our customers based on their objectives to actually get more out of those 95% of partners that are not meeting expectations. So how we do that is we basically will identify their key objectives and work with those objectives and reflect those within the incentive programs and training and communication to meet their needs. Now, to give you an idea as to why these companies are underperforming, basically they suffer from a lack of resources. So, for example, we have a partner that has 40,000 salespeople that can sell their product, and they have 100 account managers. Now, there's no way that 100 account managers can pay attention to 40,000 salespeople. So in order to truly engage the salesperson, how often are they going to meet? Once a year, once a month, once a week? Well, they really can't get to them any more than once a year or maybe even once every six months, but that's not enough to truly engage someone. Just think about dating. Imagine if you went out a girl once a year. Are you engaged with that person? Obviously not. So what, so what we do is we focus on creating that engagement on their behalf. So we create a portal and a communication strategy that includes incenting them for training and incenting them for making specific product sales. And we'll use social media and surveys to get feedback and information back from them. So it's really a, a two-way communication rather than just sending information down to them. And that basically increase, uh, increases their engagement leading to increased revenues. That's some good stuff, Richard. You know, a lot of folks in our audience might not realize that uh, Channel Assist has been a leader in the incentive and engagement space for a couple of decades now. Uh, you started to talk about some of the changes in partner engagement patterns there, but uh, maybe dive a little deeper and tell us what or where you think vendors are most often maybe missing an opportunity to increase their partner engagement through incentives. So every company seems to struggle from managing their channel. Now, channels have been around for a long time, and it was really pretty easy back, well, sadly, when I started selling back in the, in the, the 1980s. Managing a partner basically was based on your relationship with that partner. There was no internet around. Getting information was, here's a price list, and here's a, a brochure, go sell. But partners were also seen as kind of the second-class citizens when it came to the sales community. You know, the direct sales force was always the highly promoted and decorated sales organization, and the channel was just where you sent the leads you didn't want to pursue. So times have changed. Companies have figured out that the most economical way to grow at any form of pace is to develop a strong channel. Now, this may surprise you, but 70% of the world's goods and services are sold through the channel. And so there's a lot of competition for these strong partners. So companies have had to kind of elevate their game. But unfortunately, a lot of them struggle to do that because they don't know how to do that. So if I talk to anybody running a channel and they say, well, I want to grow my channel by 25% this year, their strategy is to sign more partners. Well, as I mentioned before, 95% of their partners aren't performing at the level they want them to perform. So is adding more partners really the strategy you want? So our approach is, well, sign partners, but don't just sign them and leave them be. What you need to do is you have to engage the channel salespeople. Those are the people that are actually contacting the customers, your customers. In fact, they're communicating your brand, and you have no ability to hire or fire them. So how can you communicate to them effectively so that they communicate to your customers effectively? So for us, by offering that two-way communication of regular email, regular social media posts, surveys, incentives, and most importantly, 
incentivize training, it helps educate and create a knowledge base that focuses on the sales rep, not the partner. And when I say not the partner, I'm talking about not the VP or the sales or the owner. I'm talking about the people that are actually pounding the pavement and finding opportunities and closing them. And that's where companies should really be focusing, and we help them do that. Richard, I think we might need channel assist here at Channel Partners because, you know, Craig is out there communicating our brand, and I have no ability to hire or fire him, unfortunately. <laughs> I knew that I was in trouble when you used phrases like a secondhand citizens and upping their game. I, I figured Kevin was going to go with one of those to jab me, but he found something else. There were so many opportunities there, Craig. But, uh, Richard, we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot about channel assist at the upcoming Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Thank you so much for, for sponsoring the event. Event. Uh, what can folks expect to see from the team when stopping by your booth right there in the front row at uh, E14? Yeah, we're, uh, we're really happy with our location on the show floor. Uh, it will give us an opportunity, I hope, to see uh, all of the attendees. I'll be there with uh, one of my salespeople and my director of marketing, and we'll be able to walk people through um, a number of case studies that we've created through our customers. Now, the thing is, is that I don't expect people to believe what I say as far as their ability to grow, but I expect that they'll respond positively to what we've done for our customers. So the, we'll walk through case studies such as one that we ran at, uh, at HP where over 12 months, we actually grew a department's revenue by 540%. Their average sales price for each unit went up 28%, and the participating partners grew from 31 to 138, which is an increase of 345%. So we'll be sharing that kind of information at the booth. And then finally, we actually have a, uh, an opportunity to take advantage of the gamification that we have included in our product. So everybody that drops by will get an opportunity to win some, uh, some poker chips, some, I guess, poker chips or uh, casino chips using a uh, spin to win on our, uh, on our iPads at the booth. So you, you have a chance to walk away with a few bucks that you can put down in the casino. I hope you've got candy land there at the booth, Richard, because that's about all Kevin can handle when it comes to games. <laughs> Uh, Craig knows me too well, but uh, I hope the vendors heard that because, uh, you know, it's a chance to, one, learn a lot about how to improve their channel program, but also to get some free gambling money without having to tell their significant other. Uh, that's always a good thing when you're in Las Vegas. So, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, folks can definitely find your team at channelassist.com if they want to connect before the event as well, right? Absolutely. Excellent. Thanks so much for the time today and great stuff as always. Well, thanks again for having me, gentlemen. Take care. Thanks, Richard. All right, Kevin, really enjoyed hearing from Richard of Channel Assist. going to be great to see them on the show floor at Channel Partners here next week. No doubt, Craig. They're definitely going to be there helping these vendors with their you know, partner portals and, and their partner engagement. So definitely drop by if you're an exhibitor or sponsor there looking to grow your channel program. All right. As we have two more fantastic guests coming up, uh, Kev, what do you say we hit them with our first event tip? Why don't we drop some knowledge on them, my friend? All right. For those who haven't been to the event or maybe you've just hung out uh, at the expo hall uh, for the day, please note that the networking, education, and fun don't stop. When the sun goes down. Wait, it doesn't? Huh. Don't fool yourself, buddy. You never go to bed at our shows. Anyway, CP Expo has become known for its vast array of legendary after-hours parties and networking events. I am putting together our latest image gallery of all the different venues and receptions folks can choose from, so be sure to keep an eye out for it 
and choose a few opportunities that would benefit you and your business the best. Or just pick one where you'll have the most fun. That list of events should be live by the end of this week on ChannelPartnersOnline.com. Craig, of course, it's always one of my favorite galleries of the year. I mean, I was just kidding that that I didn't know that networking went on after hours, of course. But I do have one thing to say. This time, it isn't just about our amazing sponsors throwing these large shindigs. Are you ready for this? What? What? Really? Channel Partners is throwing one, too, this year. Holy cow. That's right. It's coinciding with our Excellence in Digital Services Awards, where we hand out roughly 12 awards to these cutting-edge partners that are really helping their customers with digital innovation. So we're going to give out those awards for about 30 minutes, and then we are going to go ahead and open the doors to everyone with a conference and expo pass or an all expo pass to come in, eat, drink, be merry with these award winners and our vendor sponsors. We've got some great ones and we're going to have a DJ and you and I are just going to cut a rug there after hosting. First, we have to be a little professional. We have to host this thing as long as they don't kick us out like they did last time. And then we get to cut a rug and go crazy. You know, I'm going to have one of those tearaway suits where I just get into my dance pants right after. Yes, it'll be like that emoji on uh, Skype for Business for any folks who know that. He's got like the zoot suit on and he's he's cutting a rug. He's breaking it down. That's right. I keep telling myself I'm going to pick up one of those and and actually do that Skype dance. Maybe this will be the time. (laughs) Well, I'm really looking forward to that event as well. You and I will be uh, representing this podcast along with our buddy Digi, just wait for that. Uh, folks, if you don't want to see me and Kevin at the event, uh, show up for Digi because that's going to be a, a wild time. <sighs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> Speaking of good times with great people and bots, it's about that time that we bring in our next guest. Please allow me to bring in Rachel Wright with Upcurve Cloud. Rachel is the Director of Channel Sales and Programs over there. Rachel, how are we doing today? Quite well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So before we dive deep into all the great things Upcurve Cloud has to offer, could you provide us with a little bit of information on on what the company is all about and, and what you do there as the Director of Channel Sales and Programs? The company is all about Google. Upcurve is a Google Cloud Premier Partner, and for over a decade, we have been giving businesses the realities of the cloud and helping them achieve all of those benefits that we're all extolling. Our 4,000 customers range from Fortune 500 companies to small businesses, and they came to us for reasons like reducing overhead, increasing adoption, or simplifying their infrastructure. We have a whole team of certified deployment specialists, so if someone is coming off server, and we make sure that our engineers are on the cutting edge of technology so that we're always offering the best in-class service and support. And in my role, I am here to deliver the power of Google to partners in lucrative, meaningful ways. This really is an opportunity, I think, for partners who want to be strategic instead of just like swinging voice. Google is a cloud native is a cloud native product. So of course it has flexible products, but I think that also makes it great to be parlayed into flexible value props for partners because if a partner wants to start selling into sales and marketing departments, they can customize their approach using other components of the ecosystem and then make money selling those too. So when I was in channel partners in at a session in Philadelphia last fall, I learned that the average customer has five different technology partners operating within them. 
here I'll, I'll actually be pretty straightforward. Um, because so many platforms have integrated with Google, partners can really use that core product uh, that they're already selling as a wedge to win a piece of that email business that they might not have. I want to see our partners increase their earnings per customers while also giving them amazing technology. So it really is a win-win. Yeah. So let's take that a step further. Um, you know, a lot of partner companies and partners listening to this show might have a pretty good handle on providing end-user businesses with telephony, cybersecurity, that sort of thing. But how does Upcurve Cloud provide partners with that opportunity to engage their clients throughout the entire tech stack? That conversation starts most easily with one word, and that is data. Because it's not just about the technology stack. We're experts at accessing the information that is already within that stack. I think a really good example here is UCAS. So like when telephony moved into the cloud, there were the benefits that we all spoke about, you know, scalability, unification, you can have all of your offices on one platform. And of course, getting rid of the hardware, it came with a lower TCO. Then all of these platforms opened themselves and started writing their own APIs. And so while yes, all of the call logs and recorded calls were on this pretty user interface that was appealing and easy to use, there are now these great, <laughs> great it's an understatement, machine learning and uh, natural language processing APIs that are offered you know, by Google that give companies the capabilities to run analysis on their own information out of the box. So partners can now add data as that fourth bullet point about why a customer should move to the cloud because now we can actually do something with the data. Whereas before, it was a daunting task. If someone wanted to look at information, they would have to, you know, do I want to hire my own data science department? What, what does that even mean? You know, you go to these conferences and you hear about AI, machine learning, IoT, and we all get excited but then you walk out and it feels very much like theory. But Google is a great way for companies to turn that excitement into action because they make it very easy to do at the end user level and they are also you know, very big about making it customizable. So again, back to that consultative aspect for partners they can help their customers with competitive differentiation, making sure that they're trying new methods that their competitors aren't so that they are keeping their customer service levels high and that they get to you know, keep those returning customers. Um, I mean, uh, there is a piece by Boston Consulting Group, and they say that it's the largest constraint on artificial intelligence being used in a business setting is sadly the imagination of business leaders. I added that sadly. <laughs> that was not from, from BCG. Um, because companies are sitting on a very precious resource that they already own, and they're not using it in part because they don't even realize that they can. But our partners are going to have all the tools and education that they need to spearhead a digital transformation initiative for their customers, raise awareness, and that really just starts with the basics, right? You know, looking at those calls and realizing that you know it's not just about CRM integration. Um, there was something I read on Singularity U, and it said if you think that self-driving cars are the future, you're already behind. And this is how hmm. I feel a lot about 
analysis is like, and especially in telephony, is if you think click to dial uh, and screen pop are the future, you're already behind in what you can be doing with the data that is already, you know, within these platforms, just waiting to be used. And I just, I really just want people to know, and partners are the best way to do that because they have longer time to spend with their customers to get to know them and to really present value-added solutions that ingrain them within their scope of business. That's well said. You know, the partners really do become, to use the, the common phrase now, the trusted advisors to all these end-user businesses. So that is great stuff, Rachel. Being able to analyze our own data is extremely important because, you know, if anyone got a hold of all the information Craig puts out into the world, we could really use Google Analytics and, and what Google can do to help clean all that <laughs> up for, for our listeners. I don't know. That sounds kind of like well, a compliment. Another, like I'm putting out a lot of information. I appreciate it. Information. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting because I'm, I'm new to the Google ecosystem as well. I just happen to be really good at programs and CRM design. But that Google's, you know, now that everyone's concerned about security, like Google has such high security standards. That's one of the reasons why they don't do business in China. Hmm. Whereas, you know, other businesses talking, oh, yeah, well, we do business in China, we can be global. And that, that is great. And if that, you know, if that serves, you know, a company's needs, awesome. But when it comes to that security conversation, they just weren't willing to reduce their levels of encryption to those that the Chinese government was wanted in order to operate there. Very good. So speaking again of Google, it appears Upcurve's friends uh, have something big coming soon for enterprise customers. Can you provide our audience with a glimpse into the future and what kinds of opportunities this new enterprise solution could bring to partners? Google Voice. Yes, I'm actually in the beta, and which is fun to get to provide all the feedback because I used to work for a uh, UCAS provider, so I have lots of opinions. Uh, but <laughs> it is going to be a very smart, simple phone system that is obviously designed to work seamlessly within G Suite for, and seamlessly for users as well as administrators. And it does complete their unified communications platform. So meetings, chat, obviously via Hangouts, um, conferencing. So now they have a complete enterprise suite. They definitely realized that phones are still relevant to 100% of their customers. I think we have all had conversations where you want to deliver information or receive information person to person, and there's no other way to do that besides you know, picking up the phone and calling somebody. I'm working with a real estate agent right now, and the fact that she calls me is so amazing <laughs> to me. Um, you know, the phone and voice communication <laughs> is alive and well. And I mean, sometimes I wonder, like, why we even still call it a phone when it really is just like a pocket-sized computer. But since it's obviously a Google product and not Grand Central, for anyone who remembers that, they're going to make sure that that communication data is used to its maximum potential and that it's able to be used easily, uh, which is awesome because then you get to expand past that adoption issue, which you know really does still plague a lot of IT departments. Go past that and apply it to achieve you know actual quantifiable business outcomes. And I should probably put one of those disclaimers on this next statement. Like, this opinion I'm about to share is mine and does not represent my company or the views of any of our partners. But I think that they've got a lot of, I guess, what would you call it, second mover advantage by being able to look back 
Microsoft's experience, you know, rolling out Skype for Business to see what is it that the enterprise customers are going to want uh, and what are the features that they need fastest out of the gate. And for partners, like when companies are switching email providers, they're much more open to communications changes. So even if a partner is most familiar with the solutions that are out there, this is really just going to be another solution that they can use to win with. Wow, some really cool stuff coming down the pike there, Rachel. Something else uh, coming up very soon is the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. Looking forward to seeing you and the team from Upcurve Cloud there in booth E13. Kevin, every time I say these booth numbers, I, I want to say bingo. Well, you should say bingo because it's the front row, buddy. Yes, absolutely. The front row, the Bob Euchre row, as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> what can folks expect to see, Rachel, from uh, your team when they stop by your booth? They're going to see that G Suite is more than just email. They'll be able to see uh, G Suite integrations with some of their favorite communications providers so that if they have customers who are already on someone who has an integration, that they can be familiar with them to make sure that they're using it. And then I also will have demos going that will show how it can be augmented with other tools in the ecosystem for those more tailored business needs. Like we want to increase sales performance. We want to increase IT adoption. And I will be there with our most tenured reps who have the most experience working with our customers and have seen it all and are able to address any concerns that people have in terms of switching from Exchange over to the cloud or any other. I mean, Microsoft is not the only, only email provider out there. And of course, we will talk about how they're paid and I will share some of the tricks I've got up my sleeve so that they can start making money immediately. Making money immediately. That's what the show is all about, helping partners make money immediately and, and working together. So, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, a lot of great information there. Looking forward to seeing you and the team from Upcurve Cloud and Booth E13. Can you hit them with the website, Rachel, just in case they want to learn more about Upcurve before the show? UpcurveCloud.com. I, I was going to take a shot and say that, wow. but I just I, <laughs> to Where'd they come sure. up with that one? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And, again, looking forward to seeing you and the team in Las Vegas. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. All right, two down, one to go, Kevin. We've really packed this show with some good information uh, sprinkled in between all of our nonsense. Great to hear the things that Upcurve Cloud is doing to help partners with the entire technology stack. Faux show, Craig. In addition to Upcurve Cloud, you know what else I'm excited to see at the event? What's that, KMO? Well, Craig, it's the new mobile app. This thing is cool. I've previewed it, and uh, everyone should download that thing right away. So, Craig, let me just tell you, we have asked for several years to get a revamped, updated mobile app, and guess what? We got one, buddy. This mobile app is going to be so much more interactive. It's going to have gamification. You're going to be able to vote on things live as they're happening. You're going to be able to vote in the Expo Hall on the exhibitors you want to win, the Best in Show Awards. Um, the more you vote, the more points you get. The more you talk about some of the sessions that you saw, the more points you get. You can win things through the app. Additionally, partners, get ready. You can upload a profile on there if you want certain vendors to try to find you. You can go ahead and talk about what you're doing, who you're looking for. You can go ahead and track the agenda, set your own calendar. It's really amazing. It's just much more intuitive, as I said, much more innovative. It's a, We really caught up. I mean, as I said on LinkedIn, Craig, it's where apps get real. Whoa. 
Take it easy there, buddy. You've got a lot of energy to save for next week. <laughs> you got a point, but I love mobile apps, Craig. I love them. <laughs> well, buddy, it sounds like this new mobile app is something everyone should check out. Speaking of which, our audience should definitely check out this next interview with another outstanding new exhibitor. Segways for the win, Craig. And with that, Craig, it's time to welcome in Jennifer Kula. Jennifer is the VP of Alliances and Channels with Wasabi. Jennifer, how are we doing today? We're doing great, thank you. All right, Jennifer, let's kick it off here. As our audience well knows, Craig's attitude is always a little too spicy for my taste, but I have a feeling that's not what we're going to be talking about here. As such, would you mind providing our audience with a high-level overview of the company and your role there as VP of Alliances and Channels? Kevin and Craig, thanks so much for having me on today. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to telling you more about Wasabi. I joined Wasabi in October of 2018 to um, run their alliances and channels program here in the Americas, and it has been a great ride since I've come on board. Wasabi is focused on having an object cloud storage solution, and we're out there to challenge the market. The first generation of providers out there, AWS, Google, and Azure, have had some market challenges, and our company was founded with the purpose of taking on not only the technology, but also the economic models that those first-generation cloud storage companies had, which were very expensive. So our company was founded in 2015 by the two former founders of Carbonite, David Friend and Jeff Flowers. And they brought the company to market because they saw that cloud object storage was becoming a very interesting technology, but it costs far too much. And one of the things that they wanted to do was to change the economics of offering storage. One of the things that they're also very focused on is that data is doubling every two years. And with that, more and more data is going to have to get stored. But companies' budgets for IT and data storage are not going to double every year. So that was a market challenge they were trying to attack. And we came out with Wasabi, uh, again, started on the commercial sales of it in May of 2017. And what we came to market with was three key things, incredibly low pricing, incredibly high performance, and all of the performance and protect data protection that you would expect from any other cloud service. So when you look at this, what we have for pricing right now is very simple. We don't charge for any egress fees, any API requests, and we don't have tiering. And this is what helps to make our model so much different than the first generations of providers. So we offer for $5.99 a terabyte on a per usage basis per month. And then as you know, you accumulate more storage as you grow. And we're on an S3 compatible API. So everything that integrates to S3 now integrates with Wasabi. We've tested over 200 technologies that work with us. And uh, that's growing as more companies bring out technologies leveraging the S3 connectors. So it's been a really great opportunity for us to bring this solution to the channel. It's easy to use, it's low cost, it's high performing, and it's very easy to in integrate into bundled solutions. That's awesome, Jennifer. Kevin had me peruse your website uh, before we started the podcast here, and I see the question, what makes Wasabi hot? Tell us how Wasabi can make its partners hot by association. Yeah, that's great. Well, leveraging the pricing model and the performance that we just described, what we can do is help service providers to actually either do one of two things, offer an extremely low-cost alternative to on-premise or existing cloud storage providers that their customers might be using, 
And we can also help them to create a new solution or a version of their own solutions for data backup and recovery, for archiving, that can be lower cost and earn them higher margin. And what we mean by that is because we're almost 80% less expensive than current cloud object storage companies, and we're also less expensive than on-prem options, they can substitute our cloud storage offering in for whatever they may be using today to support their data backup and recovery and archiving services that they offer to their end customers. So they can both drive customer costs down as well as improve their own margin. You know, you got to like that. That is definitely hot. You know, driving down costs while improving customer margin, that is just outstanding. I'm sure the partners definitely love that. Speaking of big news, data storage has certainly become a hot topic these past few years with Facebook, Experian, and MySpace, among several other companies, being in the news for massive data breaches. What does Wasabi think of all these breaches, and how can you help partners assure their end-user businesses that their data is indeed safe? That's a great question, Kevin. And one of the things that we take a look at is how enterprises and, and companies used to manage their storage. And before cloud storage, the first generation came on board, they were all predominantly managing it with their own on-premise. And with MySpace just last week, uh, that's in fact what happened. They had over a 1,000 HP servers. They had more data than they were able to store. They didn't even have enough power. They ran into challenges throughout um, that entire architecture and expanding their footprint. And that led to some of the problems that you saw last week with the data breaches. It just wasn't secure. Uh, it wasn't set up to be held with the integrity that a company that is a storage expert would do. We know storage, we know it best, we know what to focus on in terms of protections, in terms of durability of the data, in terms of immutability of the data, not being able to change it, and offering up all the standard SLAs that you would expect any cloud service to, to provide today. So I think the message there is what the MSPs can do is start to change the conversation. If they've got customers that are still working with on-prem storage, this is a great opportunity for them to move to the cloud. It meets all of the visions that cloud storage had promised 10 years ago that they didn't achieve, which is lower cost, easier to manage, and high performing. And now because that's able to be met with an offering like Wasabi today, it's a good time to have the MSP start to move their customers with the trust that we are going to make sure that we do take care of that data in the way that it should be. Certainly an important topic, Jennifer, maybe the most important in the channel today. Speaking of important topics, uh, just coming up here in a week is the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. We're excited to see you guys at the event. Thank you for your support. Uh, what can folks expect to see from the team when stopping by your booth right up front there, E2? We are very excited. We have picked the Channel Partners Conference to announce that we are launching a reseller program as well as a technology alliance program. And we are excited to um, offer the potential partners and resellers the opportunity to go to wasabi.com and click on Become a Partner so that we can start to engage you in either direct resell or if you'd like to bundle our product in with another part of your offering, we'd love to do that. So that's our big announcement. And we're looking forward to really engaging the channel. We're very committed to it. We've put a tremendous amount of investment up front in the channel, uh, including some technical infrastructure investments around partner portals and making sure that we have the right sales enablement and that we're able to streamline the onboarding 
so that everyone can get out selling and, and helping their customers uh, right away. Jennifer, that's excellent, and, and I'll tell the partners out there, you can't miss the partner portal on wasabi.com. It's right there along the front. They have a partners drop-down, great place to go to, to see what's going on before they get to run into your team at the show. That's right, and we'd love to meet with anyone that would like to learn more. Please come by the booth, and we'd be happy to tell you how this can be a success for both of us. All right, Jennifer, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, see you here in just a few days. Thank you so much, Kevin and Craig. Thanks, Jennifer. Wow, Craig, three for three today with these new exhibitor interviews. Uh, can't wait to see all of them, but some great info there from Jennifer Kula with Wasabi talking hot cloud storage. Reminds me of Paris Hilton's catchphrase from back in the day. That's hot. And with another phenomenal lead-in, speaking of three for three, our third and final tip for everyone is something we always recommend. Drop it like it's hot, brother. When in Vegas for CP Expo, make sure you bring a positive attitude and a willingness to participate in the entire event. Oh, yeah, Craig. You know this is my favorite one. What do we mean by this? Uh, well, Kevin, I think it means to bring a positive attitude and participate in the entire event. Come on. Okay, wise guy. Getting serious, which I rarely do. It means this is everyone's one chance to connect with 6,000 plus channel professionals in one space over the course of one week. Please do everything you can to make the most of it. Expo passes provide more than just the expo itself. You can visit our keynotes, get some free hot breakfasts and lunches, which uh, we know Kevin's excited about. Meet some new people, and as Kevin would say, maybe learn something during the sessions. Visit some of our sponsored breakout and VIP sessions. These vendors are ripe with opportunities and new technologies for you to bring to your clients. And if you're a first-time partner attendee, check out the first-timers reception. We also have the co-located Alliance of Channel Women event and the Millennial Meetup. Look at the agenda online or in the recently aforementioned mobile app and find those additional networking opportunities that are just right for you. Excellent call, CG. Additionally, we have educational content on the show floor Thursday morning for our exhibitors and sponsors. This content will be presented by channel influencers and leaders with a track record of success. The parties we mentioned earlier are excellent ways to continue the networking and have fun while doing so. And Craig, this point right here is a big one for me. Exhibitors, I'm shouting out at you out there. We can't wait to see you, but please do me a personal favor. And don't bury your heads in your tablets or your laptops while on the show floor. We all understand there are urgent emails that come through, but please, please try to always have someone ready to greet these passers-by. If you appear happy and engaging, you're more likely to be engaged. Make the most of your time on the show floor, and also look for groups at the Mandalay restaurants and bars after hours to continue the networking. Believe me, channel executives will be all over the Mandalay and Luxor from April 9th to the 12th. Find them wherever you can. So what if the exhibitors are buried in their tablet or their phone looking at the Channel Partners mobile app? Is that okay? Well, <laughs> you might have caught me there, Craig. I would say, though, they should look at the mobile app during non-expo hours because they're going to know where they should be already during expo hours. But, you know, if you need to take a quick glance, just have someone else who's not taking a quick glance and, and be ready to, uh, you know, greet those people that are walking by because, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Very well said. Did you just come up with that catchphrase? I don't know. I think my deodorant used to use it or something. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Just type in Channel Partners Online. Same thing on SoundCloud. Or you can always find us on ChannelPartnersOnline.com. Kevin, any last words for the people before we hit Vegas? You know I do, Craig. I want to rock right now. I'm Rob Bass and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get stupid. I mean outrageous. Stay away from me if you're contagious because I'm a winner. No, I'm not a loser. To be an MC is what I choose. Our ladies love me. Girls adore me. I mean, even the one who never saw me like the way that I rhyme at a show. The reason why, man, I don't ah, know. Ah, jeez. Save it for the live podcast at the show, buddy. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye.